Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations in Cocoa. I'm Lauren Heineck, the host and producer of this podcast. This series stems from over six years of industry work, conversations with peers, collaborators, and mentors. You can find more of my writings and stay updated to future podcasts at laurenontheweekend.substack.com. That's WKND, as well as find me on Twitter at Weekend Chocolate and Instagram Lauren on the Weekend. If you're in a position to support these podcasts and find this content useful, please think about becoming an annual subscriber. Thanks again for your support. I really appreciate you. Today, in conversation with Ketaki Churi, founder of Rasas Bada Artisan small-batch bean-to-bar chocolate made in India, and host of the tree-to-bar chocolate workshop with Baranashi Farms. Ketake, I really just wanted to start the episode having an understanding of your background and your relationship to cacao in India. I went to culinary school. After that, I started working at a local pastry shop, and there I was introduced to actually working with the chocolate like tempting we were making bonbons but mostly we were using calibou Philippine, these brands and i wanted to find out more how our chocolate is made so i just googled and found out about craft chocolate that there are craft chocolate makers in india and most importantly that cacao grows in india i was completely unaware of that cacao grows in india because it's very African and Central Southern American thing, right? And I had no idea that cacao grows in India. It's been growing in India for quite some time now. There's this brand called Navi Luna. It was called Earthloaf a couple years ago. And so I just applied to them. I moved to Mysore. It's in Karnataka. It's in South Indian region. And I started working at their kitchen. And back then, it was a very small startup sort of a chocolate brand. And we had only like four grinders and a few machines. That's all, nothing else. We used to break the beans with hand, basically the grinder sifted by hand. So everything was done by hand. And that's where I was really connected to cacao. That's where the connection began because I was working with it every single day. We were doing all the processes by ourselves, right? The thing about Naviduna is it's unroasted cacao. We skipped the roasting part, but everything else stayed the same. And we would hand-temper chocolate about 200 to 300 bars every single day, according to the orders. The founder and the head chocolate maker, David, he, he developed recipes where Indian ingredients were used. We were used to almonds, hazelnut, and raspberry, all these very Western flavors in chocolate, right? Track food, bananas, uh, mangoes, and coconut, and jamun, which is a very Indian fruit. I wasn't used to these flavors and pairings, and that was quite interesting. We would have chocolate tastings every other week where we would taste chocolates from other brands. I felt that I was part of a really cool group, basically. <laughs> and then I joined the Facebook group, Well Tempered. There I felt that I was really part of a really small community, right? That everyone was sharing their um, experiences and they were asking questions. 
I felt that I was part of something unique. And because craft chocolate was quite rare a couple of years ago in India. So that's how I basically started with craft chocolate. And after about two years, I quit my job because I was doing the same thing every single day. I was just tempering the chocolate bars. I wanted to learn more. And then I moved to this cacao plantation in southern India, in Karnataka, very close to the very close to Mysore. It's a hundred acre organic farm. They have been growing cacao for past 60, 70 years. Their farm was the first one to introduce cacao on a larger scale. The main crop is cacao. So I just went there to volunteer for a month just to stay at a I was born in Mumbai, right? I was born in the city, but I really craved and wanted to go live in a jungle, right? So I went there, I, I was doing farm work. COVID hit and I ended up staying there for seven months. I did everything basically. I, I used to go work with workers every single day. So go harvest, break the pots, ferment, dry. And the farm, the people of the farm, they were so kind enough to let me experiment with new things. So we built wooden boxes and I experimented with days of fermentation and drying and all those things. So it was quite exciting for me to stay there. And I was exposed to the kitchen side of the chocolate making, right? But I had no idea about fermentation and dry processes and I knew that fermentation is very, very essential to chocolate making, that majority of the flavors come from fermentation, right? So I wanted to see that. And we did a couple of experimentation and the box fermentation drastically changed the shape, the flavor, the aroma, um, again, drying. But I also saw the other side of the farm, which is it's a very labor intensive work. There are no machineries involved and cacao diseases and working with weather it's very very humid and the peak harvest season is monsoon so it's always raining it's always wet so drying was an issue so i was exposed to almost all parts of the chocolate making i think it's pretty cool to be able to learn how chocolate is made really to make chocolate where cacao is grown was another amazing thing you know that you you're just walking around cacao plantation eating chocolate which is amazing and I really wanted to share that with people because it's a great experience and here in India I do see a lot of disconnection between the maker and the ingredient that a lot of cooks and chefs they do not know where the ingredients come from not just the makers but also consumers we don't know where our food comes from being India, we grow almost everything that we eat. Why is there such a disconnection between the maker and the grower? Are you speaking specifically about a disconnect between most agricultural products and what Indians eat at this time, or more specifically chocolate? Yeah, most ingredients, we have no idea where they come from, right? Wow, that's really interesting to hear because India has such an important agricultural history and footprint in the world. And also, I believe you have a really large population of farm workers, correct? Yeah. There's this word in Marathi, which is my native language. It's called Sheti Pradhan, which means that we take pride in farming, that farming is our 
goal like we come from farming background we are supposed to be farming it's the motive basically again there is conventional farming and organic farming right and there are many conventional farms around india growing for example i went to a conventional rice field and there were no birds there were there, there were no insects no spiders then i visited an organic rice paddy field and it was filled with mosquitoes and insects yeah so the pesticides and uh, fertilizers they, they basically ruin the space to preserve that that's also what i learned while i stayed at the farm because it's an organic farm and the farm preaches quite a lot about organic farming they have their own workshops where they teach people and the farmers around how important is it to um, grow organically and that you get a better yield in an organic farm rather than conventional farm i think that's so crucial to have that and such a gift really to have that ability to see the process as you have seen it in a tangible aspect i think as city citizens and dwellers it's hard to imagine the sterilization of farm culture when you walk into a supermarket or into a specialty store and everything is full and there's abundance everywhere and you can't imagine that it might be otherwise right going back to your experience on the organic farm i can imagine that covid obviously was a curveball for the world but it almost seemed like you were in a in a safe place in a place where you could yeah. have more experiences and be reconnected with the land animals people in particular in this instance with coco you mentioned a little bit about the fermentation so what was happening beforehand and also just m- maybe some other elements of the farm like what else is grown when that monsoon season is or some other dates that might help us understand the characteristics yeah cacao is grown in south indian region there is karnataka kerala tamil nadu andhra pradesh these are the four south indian states and they all grow cacao and i was in karnataka uh, though this farm is on the border of kerala and karnataka according to the region there are two main harvest seasons basically the farm i was staying at their peak harvest season is made and june that's when the monsoon basically starts uh, and the secondary peak would be october november december so most of the cacao is bought by cadbury and camco camco is a cooperative they started their own chocolate factory i think in 1990s and they do not care about the quality at all they just need the quantity right so the fermentation is what most farmers refer to otherwise these companies also buy raw cacao pods from the farms farmers get lower price for fresh pods if they ferment it and dry it uh, they get better price for it so he fermentation is what i first noticed so when i was at the farm we introduced about 10 to 12 uh wooden boxes and then we definitely saw the difference between heat fermentation and box fermentation and because there is rise in craft chocolate making in india 
a lot of farmers are experimenting with box fermentation now especially during the covid i think a lot of cacao farmers uh, they experimented quite a lot after covid after 2019 and 20 uh, now there are about i think 20 or 30 new craft chocolate brands because during this free time they had the time to learn mostly i think most people learn through youtube and websites you know and they had this time to explore and learn and experiment so now we see a lot of cacao plantation owners making their own chocolate and selling so we see a lot of tree to bar chocolate happening around so they're very passionate they're very eager to try new things out one of the farms he had different shapes of wooden boxes and then he experimented with all of them and decided that this one particular shape works for him particular size works for him so i think because of covid they had a lot of time to you know uh, do something passionately and create something on their own craft chocolate makers in india they pay quite higher price to the farmers compared to the bulk buyers right so they want to create better cacao they want to learn fermentation they want to dry it properly and store it properly they make more out of it do you believe that the impetus then is related around improving prices or is there a more important or an equal factor of as you said entering this area of fine flavor and being recognized for the characteristics of indian cacao well it does go hand in hand right so if your cacao does taste better i think there will be more demand for it obviously so every farm what i've noticed india doesn't have one price for cacao every farm has their own prices what works for them organic beans are much more expensive than the conventional beans again there are few processing units coming up that they buy raw cacao pods from neighboring plants uh, neighboring plantations and uh, process them because they know how to process i'm getting so granular because this is so interesting to me and i promise we'll go talk soon about your new course and the other elements on the outline but just to have a further understanding of kind of the the makeup the demographic of the region So these are yeah, okay. small farms, mostly organic, that have been growing cocoa for I don't know 50, 100 years or is there more yes. of an impulse to now create new farms? Cacao is a commodity. It was brought to India as a commodity crop and it's grown with arecanut, coconut spices. Again, coffee states also have introduced cacao with it. So cacao can be part of existing farms. because it grows in the shade and uh, needs a lot of water so there are perfect places that places that suit cacao cultivation so a lot of farmers are aware of that that they can introduce cacao to their existing farms so let's go into history a little bit cacao i think it was brought to india as to just to test for a commodity crop in early 1800s first criollo was introduced so india only had criollo for couple of decades around 1960s uh, there was a disease which hit and criollo wasn't able to sustain itself and then forestero and trinitario varieties 
were brought in other states, the other other South Indian states. And now I think we have 13 to 15 Oristeros sub-varieties. And it was mostly Cadbury who introduced cacao to India, and they were the ones who were buying it. But when Criollo wasn't around and Forestero, according to Cadbury back then, Forestero did not create the flavors that they were looking for. They considered Indian cacao inferior, so they stopped buying it. But the farmers were already growing it. So when Cadbury stopped buying cacao from Indian farmers, there was a surplus for cacao in India. There was this existing farm corporation basically which worked for Arakanath. I don't know how to explain in English but it's something used for chewing purposes. It's almost like a tobacco. Beetle nut might be known as, right? But yeah, it's basically looks like coconut but much smaller. And Araka fetches quite a good price for farmers in Kerala and Karnataka. There's this cooperative called Camco who who decided that the farmers, because Arakana growers are the cacao growers in India, right? So when they realized that there's a surplus for cacao and nobody's buying the cacao, so this cooperative built their own chocolate factory. And when they built it, it was one of the biggest chocolate factories in Southeast Asia. Now they basically process cacao into cacao powder and butter and they make these small candies with it and I think they supply it to uh, African countries mostly. I have not seen their chocolate around in India. From people, what I've heard, it's, it's really bad. It doesn't taste good at all. It's mixed with oils and I don't know what. <laughs> so now cacao is grown along with nut, coconuts, black pepper, nutmeg, bananas, mangoes. There are rice fields basically fruits and vegetables. So we've been discussing the interesting dynamics of organic farms and agriculture in the southern region of India. And you've recently launched a course, I believe you're about to come onto your your second in-person version, which is a tree-to-bar educational experience, I would say all-encompassing. But I would love to hear from you precisely like where the idea surfaced and if this is, you know, maybe something that captures your heart that you'll be wanting to implement for many years. The experience I gained throughout the years of making the chocolate in the kitchen and working at the farm. And even personally, I went through a transformative phase through chocolate, right? Most of the people live in cities and they have no idea and those are the buyers right the people who live in the city are are the consumers and I think the Varanashi farm as I said it's a beautiful beautiful place they have this nice cute little huts and it's about 100 acre cacao plantation there's a river there are ponds and they have like a skate park Uh, they have really cool things tree houses it is an experience, but also you learn something that you've been disconnected for generations, right? Chocolate, as we know, everyone <laughs> must have had chocolate when they were kids, right? And this is just, yeah, the way I was drawn towards it, felt connected to the whole process of making chocolate and that 
we have the privilege of visiting a cacao plantation because we live so close by, right? So why not bring in people, show them around, have experience of farm, living in the farm, and also making the chocolate right from the beginning. So we start from harvesting. So we harvest some pods, ferment them, see how uh, the fermentation takes place. Bean breaking, winnowing, punching, tempering, wrapping the bars. And eventually you take home the bars you make. I would love to see small chocolate makers throughout India who are making chocolate just for themselves or to bake a brownie or a cake or just to gift it to somebody else but i think it's not just about cacao it's also about a process of connecting with ingredients you can do with that coffee or vanilla or any other ingredient you can pick and choose the ingredient you want to work with. coffee is going through like a fourth wave right specialty coffee and different ways of fermenting and drying I want to see cacao in its fourth wave as well. I want to bring chocolate makers to the origin because we live in India. I mean, it's right here. It's not that far, right? Make use of that privilege that cacao plantations are very close to us. And again, it's going to help the farmers, yeah? Going to help uh, the workers. And India, what we see right now is that Everyone wants to move to the city and work in the office and live in a posh flat, but nobody wants to work in a field, right? So there is a shortage of human labor at farms. Want to bring attention towards farm living, basically, that it's cool to stay at farm and do something there rather than moving to a city. That is going to be a very, very important topic in the next 10, 20 years as we reach these environmental collapses and markers and, and points of maybe no return where we say, what are we doing? What are we achieving? And, and what are we aiming for? When you've had people at your workshops, the, the first one, I would love to hear how it went, but maybe just also recognizing the interest that spark from the attendees or even like what some of their takeaways are because it's really unique to have goals of what you want to accomplish and then to recognize the transformation that, that might take place with the attendees what have you seen transpire for them i think majority of my students were from pastry background so they wanted to bring something new to their menu uh, because i think Anyone can make a brownie, right? And using the same ingredients will make the same sort of a brownie. But when you make your own chocolate and make brownies with it, you have something unique to sell, right? Most of the pastry students who came to the workshop, they wanted to make something out of it, wanted to learn. So the way I also sell this workshop is by saying that it's very easy to make chocolate at home, at least on a smaller scale. You can make a kg or five kg chocolate very easily at home and make something out of it. A couple of my students, they move to, you know, making their own chocolate and using their own chocolate into whatever they were creating. I have had like yoga teachers, artists, musicians, psychologists, and people from marketing. They just wanted to come for a holiday and learn something and everyone is curious to know how chocolate is made because chocolate is something celebratory you know everyone feels happy when there is chocolate around right so just curious minded people i think 
and want to experience the farm stay and learn something as well so that was my takeaway and also the farm teaches a lot about sustainability it's not just that they're learning chocolate making but a new way of maybe new lifestyle maybe also i push uh, the students to buy ingredients directly from the farm you know we dodge the supply chain it's nice when people are buying directly from the farm right so you know where your rice is coming from you know where your pepper is coming from basically trying to have a experience that stays with you not just in terms of chocolate making but experience which helps you change the way you've been living sure and i think it goes beyond consumers like what i think is an important message for the global chocolate community is that if you are working with cacao growers learn and understand what else they are good at what else their strengths are on the farm and if they are growing black pepper can you find a way to source that as well can you introduce you know whatever else their plethora of ingredients might be yeah one of my students said that because he he's an engineer he works on a computer he he basically lost touch with his motor skills like lost touch with working with hand the chocolate making course we do everything by hands i think for those who spend a lot of time working on the computer when they find something to do that is not on computer is very relaxing yeah going back to your point about the tedious nature that can be chocolate making as well like there's maybe a certain personality or maybe there's just an adaptation when you recognize that if you want to be in this business as a full-time role perhaps there could be days hours moments where you are non-stop in a procedure for a period of time and will you be able to do that or how you know if you have others hired within their capacity what is the balance between getting things done and also providing that space so that people can rest and have the mental health necessary to go on to the other tasks what i noticed at one of the chocolate factory was that to peel cacao beans that they hired the wives of the farm workers that helps them on a little bit more and it's a very easy job it's just peeling beans but yeah so there are you know these uneducated not so skilled people that can be hired because peeling and winnowing can be not everyone can afford the machinery and i think it's it's nice that few people get job out of it you know that some people are making money through just peeling beans wrapping the bars or just moving things an extra income that wouldn't be there otherwise I hesitate on where I find myself desiring such positions because there's a very large part of me that thinks we need to do away with like these manual labor jobs that are sort of mind numbing but yet I understand but for some people mechanical work is the best kind of work and again it's not very very tedious they don't do the same thing every single day for years and years again there is this one brand uh, in india where they hire only female ladies of the village and they taught those ladies how to temper so they might not know the science behind it but they know how to temper a chocolate bar even the place i used to work at there was this lady uh, a lady from the village but she knew how to temper and hand temper and mold 400 bars a day 
which is quite fast which is quite a lot even though they might not understand it fully but it can be taught you don't have to have degree to make a chocolate basically. exactly like you don't have to know things to know things before we had sort of the age of science come to light where we learned about all of the various you know, minutia of everything around us there have been agriculturalists for millennia that have just understood how to grow things and how to get the best yield and how to avoid pests mm. diseases there's an intelligence that comes along with being in your area in your environment and and to know and understand the mm. things around you mm. but now that mm. we're talking about chocolate making i think it would be great to dispel some myths perhaps yeah. that are around chocolate making an origin or even just to have a better understanding of someone who might be listening and and want to do so or to be more familiar with the way that things are happening in <clears throat> regions outside of where we are ourselves but one of the first things that comes to mind for me when i think about india and the potential of indian cacao and chocolate is that all of the melangers that have been in place the modern post industrial chocolate making movement of this century have mostly been manufactured from indian dal grinders right yeah so it's called dosa or in idli idli batter or dosa batter okay perfect to my knowledge and maybe someone will speak up in the comments and help me out here but there's many that are still manufactured in india so i'm i'm wondering if that's a hindrance or a benefit that people might have access to these local made machines or if maybe the demand for chocolate making globally is stifling what's available to the local population i think it's great that wet grinders are being used globally so what i noticed was these uh, some of the wet grinders manufacturers they got into manufacturing other chocolate making machinery so now they just don't stick with wet grinders but they also started with winnowers bean breaking machine uh, different sizes of wet grinders i think it's great and also in india because it's indian machinery it's easily available for us we don't have to pay as much <laughs> So there's by no means a shortage and if someone wanted to make chocolate in India they could easily access a wet grinder to do yeah. so that would be oh, what's the word tweaked with the elements that are for chocolate making specifically because you mm-hmm. want to avoid potential fires and such. Yeah, I think because of such demand globally there's an upgrade in wet grinders because wet grinders that we use in a, in the kitchen we don't have speed controller we don't have temperature meter or anything like that. just a basic wet grinder which is used for 20 30 minutes right but because there is a demand for specific grinder requirements which controls the heat and uh, which doesn't heat up a lot i think that pushed uh, manufacturers to make better machines yeah and moving on to sugars and sweeteners with as we mentioned the abundance of crops <laughs> available india also has cane sugar palm sap dates what have you found to be interesting to work with maybe what's been difficult to work with or where do you hope maybe there's movement from something that might have previously been quite industrialized like a white sugar variety that cadbury was using into something that might be more related to permaculture or sustainability jaggery and coconut sugar is something that comes to my mind 
nowadays jaggery is considered a healthier sweetener right because uh, white crystal sugar is just not as nutritionally healthy jaggery is very very indian sweetener is used all over in the in every kitchen there are many many brands that use jaggery as a sweetener there's a need to add extra cocoa butter to make it fluid and also jaggery has its own flavor so it basically adds to the chocolate again jaggery has bold flavors so it, it has that capacity to stand in front of bold flavors of dark chocolate right same with coconut sugar coconut sugar also has its own flavor but they go amazingly well with the dark chocolate there are organic cane sugar suppliers as well so those chocolate makers who want to put flavors of the cacao in front they tend to use cane sugar the dates i'm talking about the indian date is not very um, juicy it's not very dark it has its own flavor very distinct date flavor also some of the chocolate makers are using actual dates to sweeten the chocolate which is amazing that's wonderful could you remind me again how many small batch companies you believe are in india at this moment but i think it must be around 30 or so so these 20 30 that i know of and i see new brands coming up every single day to be honestly i see a sponsored ad on instagram with a new indian chocolate every single day actually i mean it's not very big community but it's growing it's growing very fast i think 6 years ago there were less than 10 brands and now there are there must be about 20 30 brands and these the new brands they all came up during and after the pandemic and kitaki what do you see in terms of local collaboration is there a desire to be connected to one another or do you think that at this moment given that it's still a surfacing community that it's very individual and spread out mm-hmm. there is this tendency of keeping your knowledge with yourself that is just very indian thing i guess but i do not see chocolate makers collaborating with each other but i see other speciality brands like coffee tea and other brands other producers they want to collaborate with chocolate brands to create unique flavors yeah it's a small community but i don't think so there is any rivalry or anything like that but i do see a brand came out with adding mango and chili to the bar and then some other brands also started doing the same <laughs> that happens You're welcome to leave a call to action or a message for anyone who might be listening and is a part of that community or wanting to be part of that community in where they can find you or contact you or be a part of your workshop that you can all move forward to. Yeah. Yeah, I really want to see chocolate makers come together as I mean it, it is a small community do something where everyone can showcase their product something that i really want to do is basically call chocolate makers to the plantation and you know help them understand fermentation maybe let them do it i think that's a very cool initiative i would like to see farms and chocolate makers do collaboration more can you expand on that what would you hope to see in a collaboration as a brand everyone wants to keep coming out with something new and something exciting right 
so i think that's where us being so close to the origin to the source we can bring that experimentation and creating something right at the source maybe the way i learn at the farm by just doing things yeah by just googling things and asking other people how they do it maybe so there's this one post uh, processing unit where they fermented beans with passion fruit which is very cool some the other farm did it with bananas with oranges one of the free to bar chocolate maker recently tried uh, anaerobic fermentation that is also where a chocolate maker can actually connect with the ingredient and create something different lovely okay would you share with us where we can find more information about your upcoming course those dates and maybe with what frequency you hope to have them instagram is amazing i'm always on there so yeah anyone can dm me and find and just talk to them yeah again now we are uh, in the third wave of covid lockdown so i'm not sure if it continues i'll be able to do such workshops though last year i did to in the middle of the pandemic but i'm not sure if people are willing to travel to the farm as of now but maybe in the future i'm going to keep doing them no matter how many people would like to join but i just want to do things that i considered a very cool to do so like making chocolate at a cacao plantation is very cool in my head so i'm going to continue that <laughs> thank goodness for the young generation and all of their enthusiasm <laughs> thank you for leading the way this is really exciting to hear more about what you've learned in these past few years and all that you'll bring to your local community thank you so much for your time today kataki yeah thank you so much i felt very important today i think it's pretty cool that people are inclined towards you know indian cacao they want to try new things and there is a lot of potential in india though it's not very polished there is a growth i mean india is a huge marketplace on its own but globally as well it has a lot of things to offer it's not an indian crop it was brought in in india and I think India is very adaptable in in that way that we are able to adapt and work with what's trendy what's in demand. Well, you are very important and also <laughs> excited to see globally how we can be more perceptive to what what India has to offer because certainly we have benefited as a global community in what India has brought to the world in in innovations and science and agriculture and history and this could be something else to add to that. Thank you again. <laughs>